Sheila, I am sorry that your car has been damaged, but there has got to be another. Ex oh, oh, Sheila! Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's, haul at the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ Kate and Bea. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbors. We are the Neighbors Recap Podcast. We recap the last five episodes of Neighbours that went to air. Just, you know, pull them apart, shoot the breeze, anal- overanalyze. Shoot the fat. Yep. Any other cliches I've missed? <laughs> Have a yarn, spin a yarn. <laughs> I'm Vaya. And I'm Kate. And we we actually mates from the Neighbours hashtag on Twitter. Yep. How, long, how many years do you reckon it's been, Kate, now? Has it been like six or seven years? I'd say so. It's We've been, been a while. tweeting Neighbours at 6.30. In Australia. And this uh, is our lives. Yep. This is where it can take you, the internet. And it's I'm in a strange place with neighbours at the moment. I was I, say, dude, we're in the Erinsborough Motel here. <laughs> I was like, it's not that strange. We've taken the mobile pirate net studios on the road to Kate's place. That's not – I meant figuratively. Oh, okay. I'm in a strange place <laughs> with D because I feel like all of us are waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Oh, look, we've, we've had some real highs which was D coming back. Yeah. We've had some real lows, which is Andrea. Yeah. And I just feel like I've still got maybe one or two shreds of hope left that mm. it's D. And I'm glad you have them because anytime I feel a bit of doubt, I get online and see that you're still a hashtag true D lever. And I'm reminded that, yes, I've got a D leave as well. We have to believe. What, to believe. Was, what was that X-Files thing? Oh, I want to believe. Exactly. I want to, I want to believe. <laughs> I um, actually have a new theory. I have a new theory maybe twice a day. Yeah. I'll refresh my theory. My current working theory is that Madeline's contract, I think, is up early April for this guest stint. And I think that maybe D, this whole D situation is going to be a, an April Fool's prank that's been a slow burn that they'll reveal on the 1st of April that we've been swindled this whole time. And it, maybe Tony was dreaming. How would you describe my face right now? <laughs> like you're going to cut me? <laughs> no. Nah, Perplexed? It's, if, if it's that, that's it. I'm just going to like turn off my TV and stay home at that point because I just feel they've been dragging our hearts around, yeah, haven't yeah. they? And it, look, it's not in Neighbours' nature to do a slow burn like that. I just feel they've already done the blonde con woman story. This year, what, last year? Yeah, in in the last few months. Yeah. With Fifi Box's character, Brooke. With the, with the, trying to, like, set up a scam with her daughter as well. So they surely cannot repeat the same storyline. So, plus, taking a little a little further back, what about when Drab and Loz worked out they had a daughter together and before they met Paige, they had this girl called Lisa who turned up and tried to swindle them. And she's like, hey, guys, I'm your daughter. And then they got immediately attached. And then it later came to be that... No, she was just a blow-in from out of town and then they worked out that there was Paige. I think they liked her more than they liked Paige, don't they? <laughs> she actually looked a bit more like their daughter. Yeah, yeah. She was blonde. <laughs> Pretty sure this is Gina Liano's real daughter. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I don't know what to make of where we're at. But before we get into it, we have to cover off a few items of Neighbours Council business and starting... Oh, hang, hang, can we just say happy birthday to <gasps> CJ? Yeah, CJ's not here because she's gone to Robinson's Motel to have a weekend away for her birthday. 
How exciting. I wish I could was there, to be honest. And she's actually, uh, neighbourspod.com on the blog post for this episode, she's actually talked us through some dodgy motel security if you're in one and you want to conceal a secret daughter. And not get busted in yeah. on by Dull Cop or Toadie or Sonia. Yeah. So she's always on the clock. She's always flying the neighbour's flag even when she's on a birthday weekend. So uh, neighbours council business, first order of business, Castaway Awards, an Australian podcast. It's the Aussie Award. podcast Logies. Yeah, yeah, the Australian podcast Oscars, the Podscars. Come on, guys, give us a vote. We can see you haven't voted, so come on. <laughs> we need the people's vote because we're a bloody national disgrace at the minute. Penny, who co-hosts with us, she does a lot of our stats. She loves a bit of statistic so work. We, we know how many of you are listening every week. Yes, she's forever sending me graphs of who's listening and she's not impressed with the how that's translated to the people's vote of castawayawards.com.au. Don't break our hearts like the neighbours' writers are breaking all of our hearts at the moment. <laughs> Don't Andrea us on this award. Just And it's a bit hard to scroll. You have to f- go to vote for your favourite podcast. Then you've got to scroll down to the bottom till you find Neighbours because it's in some weird order. And then you've got to sign up. So it's a multi-step process. But it's not that involved. Look, I voted. It didn't take longer than, say, two minutes. You can do it while Neighbours is on, during the ads. Because we don't want to look like... Fools. We don't look like drabs. This is our yeah. citizen of the year. Because there's some podcasts where I'm like, wow, that's a niche interest group. And oh my God, they've got three times the votes of us. Yes. Sorry. Okay. That's all yeah, right. All right. I, yeah. Look, I'm getting a bit whingy We've here. We've set our piece. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit dull cop here. Plus the episode that is listed in the people's vote category features Sarah and Paul from the Art of Neighbours Facebook group. So you've got to support your brethren, your online brethren, and chuck a vote their way. All right, well, ho- hopefully people will have finished fast-forwarding through our little <laughs> rant there. So, thanks, guys. Yeah, welcome back. Now, uh, another couple of shouts for, uh, firstly, Barbara from Michigan. Wow. Is that Mich- Michigan in the US of A? Correct. Sent us a line to, on, on our Facebook group, Neighbours Pod, just to say hi and that she's from Michigan and gets up every morning at 4am, watches Neighbours online and then goes to her job as a high school teacher. Guys... Did we even know people in America watch Neighbours? I mean, we're fully aware UK and Australia and a bit of New Zealand, but wow. It's massive. I, I, I knew that it used to get screened there and so she said she used to watch it in the 90s all the time and now it's like gives her nostalgia to watch mm. it again. And so she listens to us and I'm like, wow, you must not understand what we're talking about yeah. half the time. She goes, no, sometimes it's hard. So I've reminded her to ask us if she needs clarifying because it's hard enough making sure the Brits – yeah, understand. Hey, I don't think the Brits say rooted, but it's, it's, a, it's a mini nuanced word. I think they've embraced it though. Yeah, yeah. There's certain things. And like rack off, oh, we don't say we it. We don't say it. But in Soapland, it's a stand in for the F word. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, this is going to help bridge the gap Man. between continents. So, this lovely lady in America is watching the Garden No Wars. <laughs> oh, how great it is to be Australian. Yeah, it's just a great slice of life. I'm actually getting a bit of cultural cringe there yeah. from that. <laughs> Well, you could, you would have right to cultural cringe if not for the fact that they're living the ultimate cultural cringe over there at the moment anyway. So that's true. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're fine. So thanks, thanks, Barbara. And also thanks to Gaynor from um, Neighbours Unmissable Doodles Nud on Facebook who dropped us a little PayPal donation to pay for snacks. Oh, my God. How generous is that? It's, Thank you so much, Gaynor. Oh, it made our week. <sighs> There's no better form of currency than snack money. Now. Do we have any books that need to be? Yes, Book Depository. And then I'll jump into our final email. So our Book Depository affiliate link, neighbourspod.com, go to support the ParentNet Studios. And you can just chuck us some snack money. Or you can do this creative thing where you just buy your, do your book shopping through our link and we get a commission. And our latest crop of books, 
German verb drills. This is all one order. German wow. verb drills, Italian verb drills. Practice makes perfect complete German grammar and Italian grammar drills. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. We've got a polyglot listener. <laughs> or a, um, a mixed marriage that, yeah. that both parties are trying to improve wow. on. <laughs> Good on you, whoever's doing yeah. that. Yeah, uh, grazie. That's Beni- all I got. Benissimo. <laughs> That's all I got. I don't have any German. Achtung. There you go. I mean, that means warning. Vorsprung <laughs> Dutch technique. <laughs> probably, we could probably get ourselves a couple of copies of those books, I think. But anyway. And finally, in the Neighbours email, the council email, neighbourspod at gmail.com, Ewan has dropped us a note. Hi, Ewan. Lovely, lovely, delightful email. He's from Glasgow. Oh, I love Glasgow. Oh, no. you, when I went there, it actually reminded me a lot of Melbourne. Really? Like the, the buildings are of a similar era ah. and made out of stone, like in Melbourne. And there was obviously a lot of Scottish immigrants who settled Melbourne. Yeah. So I went there and I was like, wow, this is really beautiful. And they get fired up like we do too. So, yeah, you know, yeah. The Scots. So he thanked us for all our work on the podcast. Much appreciated. And he started watching Neighbours shortly before the 20th anniversary when Annalise came back and he's watched ever since. And his question to us is, after the interesting 2017 titles update, what are your favourite set of opening credits? I really like the 2003 split screen ones as they still hold up well today and they accompany my favourite version of the theme, the one that goes, and he spelt it out. <laughs> he spelt it H-A-A-Triple-O-W. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a cracker, that one. And Kate and I did some study. Yeah, and that was a bit traumatic because some people have actually uploaded every credits and once you watch them over and over and over again, like each set of credits where like maybe one actor is swapped out and you're like, oh man, again, and you get the, ah, it's like, stop it. It's the most torturous game of spot the difference we've ever played because yeah. we're not just talking about each different branding of the credits it's they uploaded like an evolution where you got to see every progression and they'll sub in someone and put someone back and it was hell also there was a bit there i'm like is that cindy watts or is it susan and why is stingray rubbing a scarf around her neck yeah the late 90s early 2000s hair was and there was caused us some issues there was some people were like who who the hell was that and then we realized it was Didge's brother did he even appear in the show for more than a month i'm actually shocked that Didge's brother made the credits yeah yeah I, but yeah. even Ned still hasn't made the credits. Oh, poor old Ned. His agent really has to iron out that deal. Mm. Uh, but our, as for our favourites, I thought, Kate, you'd be partial to the, the debut titles or the so, late 80s. Okay, so we watched them. And they have the original Channel 7 1985 one in there, which has um, Darius Perkins as Scott, which actually... Darius. Darius, yeah. That's no. a name you don't hear very often, no. is it? Yeah. Um, and when they moved to Channel 10, they replaced him with um, Jason Donovan, who's obviously a far more yeah, well attractive done. chap. Well done. But Darius actually looks a hell of a lot like Jimmy. I wouldn't be surprised Ooh. if Scott is Jimmy's real dad. I'm, I'm going to have to do a bit of an art to compare them. Which is – and Scott's his uncle. So that would be <gasps> – Oh, my God. Actually, no, no. No, mate, no yeah, sorry. Yeah. Scott's his great uncle. Yes. Yes, he So is. that's quite disturbing. I mean, technically he – Maybe it's just a throwback to yeah. his Darius Perkins jeans. <laughs> I think it's a Perkins. Oh, it doesn't matter. The, 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 the key the, word Darius, is Darius. Darius. <laughs> it's probably not even pronounced like that. It's probably what I, I found out from reading TV Week in 1986. That was as a child. I was like, oh, Darius. Maybe it's Darius. I don't know. Let us know if I'm butchering look, Darius. Any Darius fans out there, hit us up. And uh, my, look, I've got I hold a torch for the. You know what I'm going to say here. In, at the very late 90s, 
Billy Kennedy yeah. bicycling in at the start and then he wheels past um, little Lolly. Lo- and, the, and the sheep too. Yeah, the yeah, casserole and Lolly Carpenter's in a flower pot and Getty's style. Hat. And she's, she's got like a hat with a um, sunflower on it, yeah, like she's a member girlfriend. of girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then Toadie stacks it on his, on his rollerblades uh, or something at the end. Well, there were some credits where Toadie was actually credited with the word toadfish superimposed on yeah, it. Yeah, sometimes they're super formal and sometimes they'll go Felicity and other times yeah. they'll go Flick. It was actually it was interesting watching a whole bunch of them because they have used at different times crappy um, green screen techniques. Mm. But what we did actually, we did like the 2003 one, didn't we? Yeah, that, that, that yeah. was a standout. The yeah. split screen. There was one in there with the Polaroids kind of a, a Yeah, a it started off with a, um, a film, a photo a booth. Comic strip. Oh, photo no, photo booth. booth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was our favourite one. What, do you remember what year that was? Look, was, I actually wasn't writing down the years. Cause I think it was like mid to late O's. Well, Dee was in a lot of those ones, actually, wasn't she? she? Was. Dion. There were some weird pairings, weren't yeah, there? Some weird. there was like, like, Dee was in the pool with Lance. Yeah, with his arm around her. I'm like, oh, but back off, Lance. <laughs> her eyes were saying help. <laughs> but also in the pool, in the Brenbro's pool, there was Michelle and Joel frolicking together. And she was trying to flirt with him. Like, and she's like no. clearly a child, too. Yeah. It's all weird. Uh, yeah, actually, it is fun to spot the pairings that yeah. would never hang out together. Yeah. At least now, it's almost too literal. I it's like, this person has a love interest, love story with this person. They will be in yeah. the titles together. We, we got well and truly sick of seeing um, Janae and Boyd cuddling on the couch. Like, like they were like in their 30s. Do yourself anyway. a favour if you want to give yourself a DIY migraine. Let, let, let us know which one's your favourite and also which pairing's the weirdest yeah. in retrospect. Neighbourspod.com. Email us or tweet us. <laughs> oh, and th- but then it went a bit Casey Chambers at some stage. Like, oh, yeah, it went a bit got country. country. Because I liked the ones with the pop harmonies. I love a pop harmony. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but um, so I don't mind those ones. But yeah, when it gets a bit too yeah, genre. No. So yeah, fun game, fun game to play at home. But now we must get stuck into yeah. Monday, the sixth of February, twenty seventeen. The bombshell of uh, the week before last was Sonia deciding she may just pocket the baby she's carrying. Surprise, surprise. Sonia doesn't want to give up the brand baby. Just like any sane person has been predicting since the start of this schmozzle. Yeah, it's good genes in that kid. Like if, if you went to a sperm bank and he turns up in the photo album, you're oh, like... Oh, God, you'd be like, ding, ding, ding. Yep. yep, I'll have one of him. Whack him in. I mean, he's he's dumb, <laughs> but look, the looks have got him a long way in life. Uh, yeah, and I guess, well, he's practical, so that'll... Get Look, you so far. I can only, like, I can't fault him on how caring he is for the people he loves, aside from when he arrests them on their wedding day. <laughs> He's cruel to be kind. He cares for them to- so much that he'll harm them and offend them. And actually, I should point out by now that Kate and I have both had colds all week. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're a little bit sexy, a little bit husky. <laughs> and it's been a, like, Erinsborough style heat wave in Melbourne. Yeah. Orange filter. So, like, well done us for catching a cold during 35 degree weather. So... Sonia starts single dad shaming Mark. Well, I can't give the baby to him because he'll be on his own because Steph will have abandoned him. Hang on. Like, why can't he raise a baby on his own? Let's have a bit of hindsight here, Sonia, because, um, yeah, you gave up your baby. Yes. Callum. Yep. And then he was raised by a a single grand. Yeah. Single great grand. And then a single toadie. And Callum turned out pretty well without your presence. I'm pretty surprised Toadie didn't bring that up while he was sitting there copying all of that. And, you know, stop bullshitting yourself, Sonia. You only did this for Mark. You did not do this for Steph. And he's, it's, he lives with his two brothers 
Like he's surrounded by family. The baby wouldn't be on its completely no. on its own. To be honest, I'd want a better pool fence, but you know that's you can always upgrade. Yeah. But. And he would. He'll he'll chuck money at the Brendan. No no questions yeah. asked. Oh, look, it, it's the whole street of single parents anyway. Mm. Look at Carl's child, Holly. Oh, Holly, yeah. I've yeah, got yeah. to, to rush my one? brains yeah, from yeah. there. She's not being raised by Carl. No. In a nuclear family. He's lucky if he makes child support. Yeah. And look at Paige. Paige isn't worried about raising the baby as a single mum. No, she's excited by it. Yeah. Look <laughs> at Blanda raising a baby as yes. a single mum. Well, that was a blessing. It was better yeah, than the alternative. That was really the ideal situation. So, yeah. Oh, even... Fakelin, he had to raise baby, whatever her name was. Oh, oh, she had a stupid name, India. Oh, God, yeah. And they named her India, not because they'd been to India, because oh, God, they no. like, wanted to travel one day. Um, that's a classic. That's imagine great. once they get to India, they're like, oh, shit, man, this is confronting. <laughs> Maybe we should have named her Bali instead. <laughs> uh, like, I want to own property one day. Am I going to call my kid mortgage? <laughs> no. <laughs> Desrez. <laughs> oh, it's mm, desirable residence. See, I'm not a homeowner, so I don't know yeah. the lingo yet. <laughs> not so much to learn. Now, what, where we are at with situation D is Andia, her identity, Andrea, uh, is gloating that she's pulled the wool over the Rebecca's eyes and passing herself off as D, even though I want to make it perfectly clear that Kate and I are completely in she is agreement. Yeah, this, she's D. This stage, um, it shook me to the core, yes. really. It did. It cast some seeds of doubt here, particularly when um, young Willow referred to Emily in inverted commas. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound good. Yeah, it didn't all go well. And I was a little bit excited to meet an Emily and then we'll find out the next day that there's no Emily. But I was wrapped oh, to meet her. I wanted to see um, Alison White. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who, did anyone actually end up Googling Alison White? Because I, I swear, now when I think of Emily, I think of her yeah, face. Yeah, I, I Googled her, but I already knew what she looked like. Yeah, yeah. But just to reaffirm. And yes, yeah, yeah. she would have made a great fictional Emily. Roaming the moors of Western Australia. Yes. Living off the, the land. Moors. Yeah. Roaming the deserts. Yeah, but I, I wanted to say moors. moors. Okay. It sounded more romantic. <laughs> Uh, so she is now gearing up for the money that she's going to get from the Bliss Inheritance and so Tody Stately Bliss Manor. Yes, Stately Bliss Manor in Tasmania. I have to say property prices in Tassie are very cheap. Like yeah. in comparison to Melbourne, you'd be getting like a really, really lovely house for 300 grand or something. So the estate was never going to be that big anyway. Maybe it's on Cradle Mountain or something. <laughs> Here's where D, I'm going to keep calling her D because whatever. Yeah. She keeps, starts getting an SMS blast. It's like she signed up to one of Aaron Down the Mines' e-newsletters or something. Her phone is just dinging at every, yeah. which, every which anyway, way. There's a pretty simple solution to that. Put it on mute. Yeah. Just Or even turn your phone upside down so that yeah. Toadie can't see it flash up yeah. on screen. Because uh, Emily is messaging her and she has, no, she has zero excuse for why someone's messaging her. What did she make up? She said... I can't remember, but it wasn't it was wasn't anything stupid, good. No, it was a was stupid it? lie. You just say, oh. oh it was. Um, I'm waiting for the, the an answer from the school that wants to accept Willow or whatever. I see, I would have just said, oh, look, I'm in like a Facebook messenger group yes. with like 50 people. Someone's trying to organise a brunch and we don't know which day we're all free because yeah. that happens to me oh, every no. second day. And now it's just cat memes. <laughs> it's cat memes and brunch yeah. plans. Here is where Toadie gives her the name, Willow the name, Flying Fish as her Rebecca Fish name. Which is very cute. She wants to be a, a RAF fighter it's, pilot. It's not great in terms of nicknames really though. Like were they going to call her Fly or something? Oh, like that. There was an Aussie kids show 
set at a surf camp, a bunch of surf kids. Can't remember the name of it, but there was a character on there called Fly. That was oh, her okay. nickname. And that was one of those cute. after school shows. Yeah, it was good yeah. though. All you know, all star cast of Aussie. Mm. As, probably as had Aussie Brett teachers. Tucker in it or yeah, something. Brett Tucker probably did yeah. cameo. But you know what impressed me about well, you know where the Raff Museum is that he was going to take Willow to Blue Water High. I just remember the name. Oh, Blue Water High. Sorry, oh, yeah, that's right. I do remember that actually. Yeah. Um, no, but the Raff Museum Which is, is in, the Royal Australian Air Force. Yes. Yeah. So it's like the next suburb from where D actually went into the water. So it's like next to Werribee. So really, while he was down there, he could have taken Willow for a drive-by going, this yeah. is where you, me and mum, where I piffed your mum over he, the edge. Do you reckon he'd ever drive down that road again? Well, I mean, I'm not looking forward to it after you nearly took us over the edge. <laughs> Maybe he just goes down there to find some male company when he gets a bit lonely. <laughs> um, oh, actually, wasn't that the weirdest thing from one of the sets of credits we were looking at? There was like a whole big line of um, bathing sheds. And I was like, oh, my God, if only we knew that's where Dee was. Yes. I'd love it if you actually drove Willow by there and she's like, oh, this is, oh, this is familiar. This is where I was homeschooled. <laughs> <laughs> and Willow, of course, is – well, it's supposed to be Andrea's daughter, but why is she calling her Andrea if she's the daughter? Look, yeah, it is. A, there's some unexplained issues mm. here. But oh, did you – was it Sonia who got annoyed that Toadie was taking Willow to the RAF Museum? You haven't taken um, yep. Callum and Nell there? Well – they're not into planes. They didn't want to be pilots, so yeah. that's fine. It's not like she took Willow to the Apple store, which is where Callum would have wanted to go yeah. a lot. Like, uh, my, my parents actually took my nieces, uh, my niece and nephew to the Braff Museum yes. last year and they really enjoyed it. There so you there go. you go. But I'm not interested to go there. Jelly, who God, was on, I'm not. Jelly, who was on the podcast last week, would go every week happily to the Raff Museum. I, I took my other niece out for burgers that same day, which she she loved. Yes, so there we go. You cater the interests to each child, which is what Toadie's doing. And now here's the point where Sonia starts to smell a rat. Uh, Willow, who has the most awkward pigtails, more awkward than Piper's pigtails. She's there like halfway up her head. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's like Penny from um, Inspector, Inspector Gadget. Gadget. Yes. She stopped off at Harold's and Sonia's asking her why she's so keen on the plane museum. Oh, she's a nasty piece of work, Sonia. She's literally interrogating a 12-year-old. That's not nice. That's not an ethical thing to do. And it just feels yeah, without, very much her. Yeah, without her parents around. And I, I hated answering questions like that to strangers yeah. without my parents. Even if they were just like, so what are you doing at school? Yeah, like, I don't have to tell you. And Sonia has an agenda too. Yeah. It's it's not right. And she thinks she's uh, caught Willow out in a lie because Willow refers to herself and the RAF Museum as OTP, which is one true pairing, which is internet speak as Sonia points out. But what kids pairing themselves romantically with a museum? Cry for help. It's a cry for help. I knew you'd know that straight away as it well. Was, yeah, I knew it straight away. It was shoehorned in there. It was a mm. long bow for her to get to mm. OTP from Plain so, Museum. I mean, couldn't she have just said we're BFFs? Yes. Or um, the Plain Museum is Bay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Plain Museum is, is Bay. I pick up so much of this lingo from the <laughs> neighbour's hashtag on Twitter that I'm like, I, every time I see something like that, I go, oh, I'm so old now. This is good because when baby Madge starts using these terms, you'll be all over it. You're I'll be like, like yeah. Mate, I've been on the internet now for 20 years, which I have. <laughs> She'll try and like get one past you and speak like, in her own made up language. You're like, nah. Mate, you think you got it tough? Back in my day, it was IRC. What is that? Oh, internet relay chat? I don't know. I don't know. But it was like, it was chat rooms way well, back in the day. Sounds like a tax website. Wow. Well, do you remember ICQ? Yeah, ICQ. Everyone remembers ICQ. Yeah, yeah. Oh, IRC, it was. 
I can't even remember how I got sure onto it. Sure, it wasn't a tax website. No. <laughs> oh man, you're going to get angry tweets from people saying, "I know what it is." Yeah, well, find me on IRC and message me there. They still exist though, which is weird. <laughs> now I'm worried we don't have to visit the Ref Museum, do we? Now as, as a buzz off thing, unless people ask us to. No, thank you. I'll send Jelly down there. She can. Go. Oh yeah, she'd love it. <laughs> And there's a knock at the door of the dive motel where Dee's staying at the end of this episode. So before we get to that, we'll cover off Steph and Mark. Now, they're trying uh, to patch up the remnants of their doomed relationship. Dude, if it's this hard this early on, it's just not worth it. <laughs> yeah. And the one good thing that came of their storyline this week was that we were reintroduced to Josie Lamb. Yay, Lambshanks. She was Callum's girlfriend at Erinsborough High. Now she's off at uni and she's a um, lovely young woman and she's assertive and well-adjusted and all of those great things. And she sits down for a coffee with her two mums, yeah, Victoria and Detlers. It's just like that 80s TV series but with mums instead of dads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then for some reason Mark and Steph get invited to sit down with them for a drink. Yeah, weird. Invited to sit down with the woman who pashed his – Beyonce and his boss well, and his boss and their daughter, who's his surrogate mother's son's ex-girlfriend. Yeah, it's an, an incestuous web in Erinsborough, even for the people who don't live on Ramsey Street. Yeah. But it was that was a weird thing, and you know what I found particularly weird about it was Det Les was all hopeful of getting it back together with Victoria. No, she needs to enjoy her freedom now. I think she's is gorgeous. She's a cat. She needs to get out and mingle. She's a successful, confident detective. You know what I discovered this week, and I'd completely forgotten this. Det Les is uh, the actress, um, Louise Crawford, appeared in Neighbours before and dated Toadie. Oh, which I don't actually remember this, but I no. Yeah. When I saw the I saw the picture and it, I did remember that she was on it, but I can't remember the relationship. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Well, that, that makes it even more convoluted. So, yeah. no, Det Les can get it. She needs to get herself some of those Tinder lesbians that Victoria's always finding. Yeah, and then like bloody handcuff them or something. <laughs> She's but, a catch. She doesn't need to worry at all. And so. Uh, the weird part of this discussion, this five-way coffee at Harold's, was when staff and Victoria step away to grab some water from the drinks fridge and think that that's enough of an opportunity to have a private chat. Like two metres from where they were standing. <laughs> It'd be like, you can see the cupboard over there. That's how far away yeah. it is. Yeah. I'm just going to get some water. I'm going to help you. Let's have a 10-minute in-depth conversation. Mm-hmm. That will not arouse suspicion. No. Meanwhile, Josie's clocked the exchange between her mum and this mm. other lady, and then so she pays a visit to the Rebecca household where staff lives and corners oh, and staff. and fills us in on a bit of detail of how her life's been going a since bit, we last saw her, which yeah, is good. bit of expo. Yeah, she's doing great. I really want to, them to move her into the street, though. Like, she's a great age to be a young cast member. So how can she move in? I was going to say the Tanak Packers, but no, we don't want to wish that upon her. Tarageous got heaps very of empty. Rooms. She's got heaps of rooms. Who would, which mum would move in though? She's 18 now. She can live on her own. Yeah, but I feel she needs to, like, we need to get the lesbians into the street. Yeah, we totally do. We totally do. Oh, I really want Det Les. Yeah, she's, she's got to be near the, awesome. She's got to be near the cop shop. Yeah. So Ramsey Street's close to it. She wouldn't want to live next door to bloody dull cop though. No one ever wants to live next door to these people. No. <laughs> How did dull cop afford that house anyway? He would not be on a great salary. He was renting it when it was um, AJ Kapoor's house. Yeah. I mean, I know we brought it with his brothers but one's unemployed and the other one's underemployed 
maybe Aaron had Aaron down the mines had stashed up some stuff from when he was down the mines because yeah. that would have paid well. Yeah, the, the FIFO income. <laughs> and then match that with a, an exotic dancing income. Oh, yeah, he's rolling in, <laughs> in pineapples. <laughs> so Josie says, look, I can tell what's going on here. And, you know, she's got giving me the girl crush vibes, which I thought was cute. Mm. And I need you to back off because my mums are going to get back together. Um, which... Uh, you're, look, you're a child of divorce. Did you hold those hopes? Never. I mean, in, okay, in my situation though, I was three when my parents mm. split up. So I never really knew a life with them together. But I know them now very well separately and I can't ever in a million years imagine them hanging out. I think it would be weird. Yeah. They're way different. People split up for a reason, everybody. Yeah, people grow apart. <laughs> and it's okay. People have affairs with like bisexual mechanics. And- yeah. Just different strokes for different folks at different times and different life phases. No, I would never want them back together. And Victoria is very needy. And of my two mums, I'd be worried about Victoria more than Detlers. And actually, in fact, she's like finished school now. She's at uni. Yeah. That's a good place for your parents to just find themselves and do like yeah. make themselves happy now that they don't have to worry about you anymore. So. Yeah. Josie, just go hang out with your boyfriend that Victoria doesn't approve of. Chill out, surf and turf. Hang on, did she say that she's got a boyfriend that... Remember when uh, they were sitting on the bonnet as Steph was fixing Victoria's car and they got into that conversation about how Josie and I had a fight because I don't approve of her new boyfriend because he doesn't treat her well. Is it Tyler? It's probably Tyler. (laughs) She's legal. Tyler's not interested. Oh, that's right, yeah. And then Josie had a go at Victoria and said, you're a lesbian, you don't, you've never been with a man, you don't get it, you don't get to have an opinion on my boyfriend. And that's when Steph said actually that she's been a bit harsh, like hmm. you still have had relationships and yeah. you can still offer advice. Who's to say she hasn't had it off with a guy before anyway? Yeah, true. Like Steph, multiple times. <laughs> uh, so Steph was basically saying, well, she can get over it, you can still hmm. offer advice. So she's going out with some deadbeat that's not treating her right. And so oh, yeah. it could be any, could be a whole, whole number of... <laughs> Dickhead men in the show. Eden Hills Uni scholars. Uh, maybe it's that man bun that Imogen went out with for a while. <laughs> um, oh, the desperate text from um, Dull Cop. Oh, yes, yes, it. yes. It's hilarious. So, Steph looks at her phone and it says from Mark, I'm in bed. Full stop. New line. Please come over. Full stop. It's like a telegram. <laughs> I'm in bed. Stop. Please come over. Stop. Did you just write yeah, nah underneath that? Yeah, I, I did. That was while the show was still on. I, I <laughs> tweeted that at, um, yeah, 6.53 p.m. I was that, like, I just saw that and I was like, you sad desperado. That is not even a sexual booty, booty call. No. That's just a command. I mean, if he was really trying to entice her, you'd think he'd, like, be doing, like, a bit of a half-naked sexting pick or something. Yeah, work to your assets, Dullcock. Which, and he, look, he's got some great assets. Like, work to them. Not not use use pictures, yes. not words, Dullcock. <laughs> Don't use your words. In this case, they have failed you because Steph's yeah. like, oh, better go over there. Yeah. Hi, neighbours. It's Spicy Ben. Um, this week, I've had many a terage moments, mainly about Steph, because I feel like give the girl a goddamn break. I mean, first of all, you've got Toadie having a go at her because, you know, she's called off the engagement to Mark. Sonia's having a blue rinse fanny fit over it. Poor bloody Mark is just driving her doolally tap. At the end of the day, this poor girl has, like, just had just Mark's jizz flying around any bloody woman that could catch it. And now she's stuck. And this is all down to fecking Max Hoyland, like, not letting her see Charlie. And he's got a bloody 
brass neck cheek, considering the fact that he um, had a nervous breakdown, didn't he? He had mental health problems. He killed Paul Robinson's son, for feck's sake. And now, you know, he's no sympathy for poor Steffi. Oh, driving me bananas. Anyway, can we just have a leave Steph alone and just, like, just let her bunk up with bloody Victoria for a while? Oh, and then she's got lamb chops accosting her in the feckin' corridor at the bloody Skank Palace Motel. Poor Steffi, give her a break. Anyway, rant over. Um, Keep up the good work, girls. Tra. Meanwhile, the very end of Monday... There's a knock, knock, knock at the dive motel. So many bombshells at the door of that dive motel. Oh my, my God. God. This, see, this is where I, I don't ever want to stay in a, a motel again, basically. I want to stay at somewhere where it's got a reception desk and they have to tell you the room numbers. Like, how did yeah. how did no. she even find out the, the room number? She went to the exact one. Into Tuesday, the big reveal, it's Cindy fucking Watts. Oh, Jesus. Who's come to pay D a little visit. Now, Cindy, for people who haven't been watching that long, Look it up on Perfect Blend. She's a piece of work, it turns but, but out. She wasn't a well-loved character. But also in doing my Perfect Blending of her, she hasn't had the best mental health care. Much, she's much like all everyone. of Toadie's exes. She's, the, the system's led her through the cracks and she is unhinged and I don't think a lot of that's her fault. She hasn't been well looked after in that area. But in her backstory, she's pushed a girl down the stairs Oh, who was that? Um, it's someone from her past. Oh, okay. Fair that, enough. That, which has, I think, caused her to spiral out of control uh, over the years. And Natsuki82 on Twitter has a working theory that maybe it's Dee that she pushed down the stairs when they were kids. Oh, my God. And maybe Dee lost her memory as far back as that. That's brilliant. I know. How good is that? Wow. Yes. And so now she that's why she's harbouring all this angst about Dee. But not just that. She used to have crushes. She was madly in love with Darcy, who was engaged to Dee. Oh, yeah. She, this, she's got a real – yeah, she's got a, a thing against Dee. And she loved Toadie. And, of course, Toadie moved on with her after Dee. So really yeah, – But she was always second best to Dee. Yeah. And she knows that. And so there's a lot going on in that. Uh, the problem is Cindy has some issues. Well, Toadie's there, so she sees Toadie right away and has to think on her yeah. feet. And hang on, Cindy left with Stuart, was it? Yeah, Blair McDonough, who we knew in Australia from mm. Big Brother, yeah, the, he, the he, first series of Big Brother. Yeah, he was runner-up on the first Big Brother mm. in Australia. And, oh, one thing I remember about him from that first series of Big Brother, which has never left me, was when he and the eventual winner did quote-unquote greyhound racing oh, in boy. the nud. Do you remember this? Um, I may have blocked it from my soul. You know the, the little cage and cap thing from the end of a champagne bottle? Oh, God. Yep. They put that over their wangs oh, and no. ran through the house like they're holding them harnessed like a greyhound. No. Yep. Why? I bet that's on YouTube. Why do men? Why? You've got enough sports. Don't be inventing but new ones. Tell you what, he picked him up himself up from that point and has actually forged a career as an actor. Yeah, in he was he was on Winners and Losers. Like, yeah, he he's come good. However, he made a poor choice in choo- in choosing Cindy as a life partner. She straight away thinks on her feet and says, "I saw on Facebook that D's back." What? Yeah. Firstly, who's putting that on Facebook? Well, look, it was trending on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's friends friends with Toadie on Facebook still. 
And maybe he put it on Facebook. Is he airing his private business? He's a lawyer. He knows better than to air his private business. He's a lawyer. And if he was a good lawyer, he would have had some sort of contract drawn up for Sonia's surrogacy. So I don't think he's the most yeah, true. clever and thoughtful lawyer. Um, so, yeah, he maybe put a status up going, guess he's back. <laughs> Hashtag Eminem. I mean, maybe Eminem she's friends gifts. with Coos as well. Maybe I reckon Suze would have blabbed oh, her mouth nah, about Carl. it. Carl would have updated his status mm. quick sticks. I reckon I saw a woman today that looked like Dee Bliss. How weird's that? I mean, she could be friends with Stoney. Stoney probably posted that photo we took in the park. Bloody Stoney. I'm so dark on him. Send a text for your, your dead wife. <laughs> Come and deliver that news in person, you shithead. Yeah. So she thought it was a hoax. So she's Team Sonia, I guess. She thought it was a hoax, so she thought she'd better come in and check it out. And maybe they've posted her motel room number because she's come straight to the door. Yeah. So Tony goes to get Willow from the car and then straight away Cindy is blabbing away about what the hell, like what? And why the hell would Willow want to meet Cindy fucking Watts? Yeah, no one wants to. So Dee wants to know why she's turned up. She says she's in on it. I was trying to text you, but you wouldn't answer. Yeah, because people don't usually SMS blast another person. No, no. And usually and if, probably, if you've spied off 20 texts to someone and they're not answering, maybe they're in the next room. I reckon maybe they're, they're texts and rather than iMessages. So she's like doing 140 characters at a time. Of like or tweets. Oh, well, no, no. But, you know, like the original old, oh, the school, old school, the, the green texts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they can only be short. <laughs> she sent one long novel and it went through as 15 separate yeah, yeah. blasts. <laughs> I, that used to shit me as well when you'd send off a long text and it would split into two. And you're yeah. like, damn it, cost me twice as much. <laughs> Uh, and so we hear that Cindy's in on this scam for a cool $20,000. So she has apparently pretended to be Emily, who we've heard about as saving D. Yeah, and this is where you just go, geez, um, bloody dull cop, you really nailed your, your job, job description yet again. Yeah, I rang a lady. She said her name was Emily. End oh, of investigation. It all checks out. My biggest problem with this scene is the exposition dump we then had to endure between two women who clearly have communicated with each other before on the phone have to recap everything that yeah. they've been doing for our benefit. Just to break our hearts. Yeah. The dagger through my heart was when Dee said that she'd gone into Toadie's memory box, found Dee's perfume and sprayed it all over the house. How the hell did she get into that house? Didn't they knuckle down on security after a the, junkie airing? They said they would, but that screen door, it's still just that screen door with no yeah. lock on it. It's probably, she's probably gone in through Nell's window. There's no security in that place. But it's a they, this whole situation is a disgrace. Disgrace. Yeah. What are they trying to do with to our D? She was beloved. This is not she, she wasn't Cindy fucking Watts. No, she wasn't Cindy. If they brought Cindy back and totally messed with her character, I'm like, this is a like, lie. Yeah, yeah, blah. Bring, ba- bring a- back Darcy Tyler as a nice man. But yeah, you don't bring back Harold and make him an axe murderer. Oh, except, maybe except they did. But they did, but um, then it turned out he, he had a fine. bump on the head or something. So yeah. this is probably what's going to happen as well. But, okay, they don't bring back Helen Daniels and make her a member of Pauline Hanson's One Nation Party. It's you I don't – maybe, maybe in this day and age she would have been, but, I mean – Okay, these yeah, are all great stories. She's just a spooky skeleton now, unfortunately. <laughs> I know. So I just – she was beloved. You don't mess with that. Yeah. 
unless it turns out that she actually really is dead because I'm ready to stage a protest. Where Well, we were planning one this week. We're like, okay, when are we going to do it? We're going to go out to Channel 10. We can hold posters. This is what my poster is going to say, a la the Women's March. I was like, oh, man, we're going to have to like rally the neighbours' troops like in Melbourne to get people to come along to bulk the numbers there's up. There's not many of us, so we're going to have to Skype in some Brits. Yeah. And it's we, were, be- we, we were like heartbroken that night, weren't we? Yeah, we were like, we had to take action. And I've never organised a protest, so please email us with your suggestions. Yeah. And also, if you're going to travel down to see us, we'll try and get a weekend that works for everyone. If you're going to do it with the Neighbours tour that day, we'll schedule a time. Yeah. But I've got to hold off the protest because if she if it is a double bluff and she's really D, we don't want to have egg on our faces like losers. Yeah, I know. I know. Look, <laughs> I, I feel at the end of the week I've got a bit more hope back. Mm. And also there's like news articles out that it's suggesting, yeah, this is a double D bluff. And she's done an interview with some questionable language. She hasn't outright said in that mm. interview, I'm 100% Andrea pulling a scam. So that's where my shreds of hope are still hanging on. Mm. That she's our D. We are true D leavers. And people were pointing out to me on Twitter that one of your seeds of hope was okay, the, the so wedding my, ring. My, my three base facts. Yeah. One, she's got D's wedding ring with a special engraving. Two, she's got D's face. And three, she's got Dee's voice. Yeah. These are three undeniable truths. However, it, it was debunked because they said they had the wedding ring remade, which I think is amazing attention to detail. How would they rem- how would they know what it looked like? That's see, that's is a massive flaw to me because it's not the days how, of Facebook where everyone's wedding rings posted online. There's and no it, photo and that, that they could recreate. Special, it. Had a special saying on it as well, so an engraving. How on earth would Cindy know what it looks like and then describe it to Dee, who then went and had it made on, on Cindy's description? So this is where we're thinking, much like your Anastasia theory, Dee thinks she's doing things because she's been told about them, mm. but she's actually having memories. And so like she had a memory of this mm. ring when it was remade. Because also how does that explain away the pictures of the injuries? Of um, yeah. Dee's face. But that's a may- maybe Andia got into like a bar fight or something like that. Or maybe that were just photoshopped. <laughs> like the Cottingley Fairies. It was just really rudimentary Photoshop. <laughs> Anyone knows the Cottingley oh, Fairies? Yeah, we can yeah, chat I'll, about I'll them just, online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> no, I'm yeah. just wondering how, what the reach of that reference was. And the backstory with how Cindy and Dee crossed paths, fake Dee, real Dee, whatever, they worked down the mines together. Down the mines. And see, when I heard that, I was like... Well, if we don't get a tie-in with Aaron knowing both of them, then where has this all been leading to? Yeah, it's a catering kitchen down the mines in Western Australia. And she said, this looks like D. And I think that's a bit of a big leap. If I saw a lady who very closely resembled a mate of mine who is thought to be missing, I wouldn't think, well, that's an uncanny resemblance. I'd go, I'm calling the cops because she's here. I've worked in two big offices where there were two women, like one in each office, that could have been twins. Wow. And, and I'm in the second office. I found the first one on Facebook and I was saying to my friends, how much do they look alike? And everyone was like, yeah, that's really spooky. But as far as we know, they weren't related at all. And one of them wasn't thought to presume dead. Like, Well, look, I, don't <laughs> I, I didn't know what happened to the first one. There so. weren't any posters <laughs> yeah. up around the place. So, okay. So that's where we think their plan is. And she wants, she thinks Dee's gone too far with this plan by involving Willow and blowing this all out. And she wants her to pull the pin on it. And Dee said she won't. But Cindy says, if you don't pull the pin on this, I'm going to expose you. And also, P.S. I want 40K instead of 20K. So I'll blow it out your ass, Cindy. (laughs) Oh, but bad news about stately, the stately bliss estate. Oh, yeah. It is, quote unquote, insolvent. 
which made me actually Google whether estates could be insolvent because okay. so um, yeah, that doesn't mean you can't get stains out of them. No, <laughs> and it's it's not water soluble. Okay, yeah. so yeah. well, it means that there's not enough money in the estate to cover its debts, oh. which I was like, oh, that's weird. And I was I was quite impressed when Sonia said, oh, it's insolvent, so there's no money. And I was like, how does Sonia know that? How does she know what the word insolvent means? Maybe um, maybe some council properties that she's trying to take over as mayor have been insolvent. Yeah. So was it later revealed in the week that the estate was donated to a charity or it was, it was left to a charity by C- Cecile? Yes, yeah, Cecile. Yeah. May she rest in peace. One of the reasons... Oh, and th- yeah, then the charity went broke, which is why <laughs> they, they couldn't actually get the estate back. One of the, thing, one of the reasons I assumed it was insolvent or it had no money was because they probably... The, the Blisses would have spent their whole life savings on a search party for poor D. Oh, that's heartbreaking. So they would have. There's no way they would have stopped that, or like may- Toadie did. Maybe they could have put all their assets into buying like a Winnebago or something like yeah. that. Sold the house, bought a a van to go travelling and searching mm. for D in, and then it like completely was like written off in the car crash. Yeah, and, and that's the, what, yeah. And they would have. I would have like donated a bunch to the local councils to put up better barriers at all the coves. Which, well, clearly we've been there. They haven't put yeah. up any better signs. So, well, it's probably because the charity went under. Oh, man. The poor old Blisses. I feel so sorry for the Bliss family. Yeah. They've had such a bad run. And now that we think maybe one of the Bliss girls got thrown down the stairs as a kid. By Cindy fucking <laughs> Cindy. Watts. Maybe she can turn out to be like Dee's older stepsister. Ooh. Mm. Or half-sister. Dee's mum's child. So what I want to ask is if she is Dee... Is she forgivable? The acts that she's done this far, thus yes. far? Yes, she is forgivable because, well, you liked Anastasia in the end, didn't you? But she, was, she wasn't in on the swindle. She thought she was just going to go meet the lady. No, Dee is a desperate single mum trying to get the best for her daughter. Okay, which we're going to call bullshit on in the next episode because really... Well, we did some fact-checking. Wheeler's education should be publicly funded. Yeah, is the fact that she's trying to take Toadie for a ride, I mean, I guess she doesn't know him for a bar of soap in theory... Oh, the weirdest part of this, Sonia turning up to to meet bloody um, Cindy. Oh, yeah, it was the Battle of the Exes. It was a very strange sat down in the motel room, which motel rooms aren't for entertaining casual drop-ins. Your bed is like two metres away from where you're (laughs) sitting down to have like a a cup of Nescafe. Uh, yeah, so it was it was Nescafes all round for the the, the merry wives the D, of Toadfish, and um, yeah, and then oh, and then Staff turned up too, didn't she? Did she turn yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Staff, Cindy, D, Sonia, yeah, and one of them pointed out, oh look, it's all of Toadie's ex girlfriends, and Sonia was like, actually, we're still married, so <laughs> get stuffed. <laughs> but the, yeah, it was weird because neighbors actually. Um, tweeted and put on Facebook a photo of Toad with the, the those four women. Can neighbours like, stop tweeting out and posting out rhetorical questions yeah, that we all answer what, in a humorous fashion? What have these four women got in common? And I said, look, they've been Toad-dicked. <laughs> but some there was some bloody gold on Facebook. Gold. Someone said, oh, they've all had a, a little Toad in the hole. Ah! So really, I mean, if you can ask a stupid question. But somebody else said... They've all got mental health problems. Ooh, too real. But it's true, though. Too real, yeah. I know, they have. Poorly handled mental health issues. Yeah, and Toad is drawn to them. I mean, they're all beautiful women, too. Now, 
we need to talk about another schmozzle that happened, and that is the baby shower for an 18-week-old fetus. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. This baby isn't even viable. If she gave birth now, the baby wouldn't survive. But, hey, let's gather around and buy some dummies and nappies and helium balloons and celebrate its existence. But really, what else has Paige got in her life? She hasn't really got a successful uni career or a career. She was going to be a famous boxer. (laughs) And then she nearly killed a lady. or She did kill a lady. So she went, eh, maybe not. This is too hectic. But but babies aren't hobbies, Paige. Babies are a lot of work. (laughs) And it's not something you want to go into without fully considering it because they do take up a lot of your time. Well, actually, something I was considering this week was when Blanda had little Cletus the fetus and it was, it was brought up on Facebook as well about how she was back at work at the cafe yeah. a week after having her caesarean yeah. and also like little Cletus was in the, the NICU at the hospital. Uh, Loz ain't going to give Paige any time off to care for her <laughs> child. No. I was so amazed at what Amber was able to achieve both while she was she had like still a gaping, gaping wound yes. in her body. And after major surgery, she's pulling triple shifts at the CAF and getting her uni done and made an online business to sell her photography. Like, And is working now, was also working with the Guts on the Outside Foundation. <laughs> yeah, she's sister getting it done. So, and really Paige hasn't been up to visit, so she's got no idea what's in oh, store. Oz isn't helping her no. in any which way. Um, so for some reason... They're treating this baby shower like it's an engagement party. Like when a couple announces they're getting married, they have the engagement party right away. And then you have yeah. the wedding like a year later. We found out she's pregnant, so we better have a party now because then we're going to have the baby later. It's not like that, guys. No. You have the baby shower near when the baby's born so you can buy all the stuff that it's about to need. Yeah, and then tell you what, she's stuck for about six months now with a heap of baby shit around that she doesn't need. Who's living in Loz's place at the moment? Oh, Paige Drab. Yeah, so Loz and Ned? Drab are sharing a room and yet Ned would be in one room, Paige is in the other. Is there another bedroom? Because I'm guessing well, that Paige is... The, the Turner boys had one... The Turner kids all had a room each, didn't they? I think the two boys... Did the boys have to share a room when Lou was there as well? Oh, God, Lou. Nobody's wanting to share a room with Lou. You've got the parents' room and then you've probably got at least three bedrooms. Yeah. So maybe there's a nursery for the baby, which would be nice if Loz had one set up for when Blanda comes to visit. Blander ain't. Blander's saving those pennies. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't have frequent flyer points. Now, Drab has been in charge of the invite list. There's your first mistake, Patch. He's deliberately uninvited Tyler. So the family is still dark on piles. I- I'd like Drab to just go, no, Patch, it's really tacky to invite your ex-boyfriend to your baby shower. Yes, your ex-root. And, and he goes, speaking from experience, uh, I didn't invite Beth to the, the baby shower for the, the twins. Because you just broke up with Beth yeah. like a hot minute ago. Wow. Oh, but you know who we should invite? Ellie. Oh. Why? Why was she there? But you know what? She had the best gift of all, a used vibrator. <laughs> That was the most questionable looking device. It didn't come in its original packaging. Yeah, she just pulls it out of a gift bag or it's something? It's a personal massager. Oh, my God. Uh, thanks. That's, that is the worst thing I've seen on Neighbours this week. Is that like, is she, does she do parties? Is that she trying to get commission off that? Like, uh, that was not kosher. But the thing is, I can see them being buddies, the two of them. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah. 
good time girls. Yeah, for sure. Except now, well, now there's a bub on the way. So yeah. really. Less it'll good be, times for Paige. It'll be early Avo Sunday session maybe. Mm. Pipes is now destitute. She's been a week out of home and I call bullshit on her state at this point. Well, you know what? Sammy said online that surely Tyler can apply for Centrelink benefits now. Yes, Sammy No Pants, our Twitter friend, he can apply for benefits, as can she, youth allowance. Yeah, I think I don't think you need to divorce your parents to actually get a living out of home allowance. Because that would defeat the purpose if you're not on good terms with and your you're parents. Saying, I'm living in emergency housing and I, I'm too scared to go home. Yeah. They're not going to make you they go must- and get them to sign their rights away. There might be another adult you need to get sign a stat tech or something stat deck or something but i'll just forge doug's signature <laughs> or pam's oh um, pam pam would probably just help her out to spite dre yeah but here's where i th- call bullshit because neighbors cast members carl um ellen fletcher and felix i don't know his last name carl yeah. and ben are performing at a backpackers in melbourne in south melbourne every friday night and guess what guys we're gonna go there sometime we are gonna fly the flag for you lot we're gonna buzz off it <laughs> I'm going to do a vlog for YouTube and... And you're going to hear see my face when I see a Backpackers, which is going to be one total disgust. <laughs> and I Googled this Backpackers and bless them, they offer free pasta and rice. They offer free tea, coffee, all that, plus pasta and rice. That's a pretty sweet deal and you get Backpackers. A, and they give you a free meal of once a week. So yeah. you get a free meal of choice. You ain't going to starve there. You're going to have some tea-flavoured rice and some coffee-flavoured <laughs> pasta. Mm, it's fusion. So when they're saying they have to shell out for no-name brand pasta, really? Go to Macca's, get some tomato sauce sachets, come back, pour it on, <laughs> heat up some pasta, pour it on, and you've got your very, very poor man's bolognese. Plus during the week, Backpacker Nacker was dropping off a box full of used up food or food he didn't need also backpackers are by its nature an itinerant place people leave food behind all the time and you're telling me you're not going there and scumming other people's milk anyway so yeah just steal people's food no one cares really boohoo you kind of want a new laptop you've got an ipad make do yeah so anyway they drag her around she's brought around the forms for emancipation Pipes has, because meanwhile she's put Hermione up for sale, which isn't going to give her much anyway, really. We have discussed this before, the how much that thing would be worth, and it's not much, is it? Maybe no. two grand? I mean, it's, I guess it'll get her a laptop. But it's then an old car. She'll need money to live on after that. But this explains to Vera and I, when we actually went on the neighbour's tour and got to drive around the back lot, we saw then that um, Hermione had for sale on it. We did, and mm. that was about three months ago. Yeah. Two months ago, yeah. Well, there you go. We didn't. Did we spoil that? No, we didn't. We didn't spoil it because that's the kind of people we are. Yeah. So, YouTube neighbours, you'll see our little tour of the set. Midweek, Pipes has declared independence from the Willises, which she probably could have done way back when they just abandoned her in Canada, never to be seen again. You know, it sounds like a negative thing to do, but I feel this can only be positive for Pipes because Mm. who the hell would want to be connected to drab in any which way? No, I mean, the Tourage angle's a good one. She's living a good life in there. See, if, if... if for me, if it turned out that Drab wasn't my dad, I'd be like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it's like finding out that, you know, you're not genetically related to some half-wheat. Yeah, well, she the thing is she's genetically related to him Look, still. yeah, yeah, she is. But still, <laughs> but she can at least say now, I don't have to have anything to do with you except see you at school. Now, I had a big sad face next to my notes on Wednesday. I think I was just not into this episode at all, except for the fact that, well, Ned – 
gets $2,000 out of Loz to lend to Pipes to try and lure her back to the family. Firstly, well done to more scenes with Loz and Ned because they still have chemistry despite the fact that they destroyed it on the show. They're still there. It's still simmering. And I reckon he, he could go there and he could still get and it. And that was such a brilliant solution as well to get yes. the money to Pipes. But two grand, that's a lot of money. I'm sorry. Give up your, your bloody MacBook Pro dreams and just get the cheapest PC piece yes. of crap laptop. I love the fact that Drab and Laws, like lies have plagued their relationship since the dawn of time. And every yeah. six months or so they go, let's make a pact not to lie. And so Laws doesn't even fire off a text to Drab. She's like, 2K, all right? I'll transfer it right over. Like just direct debit straight away. I love that. Imagine just having 2K sitting in your bank account <laughs> that you can just give it away willy nilly. Palm off and not, it doesn't touch the sides. So he hands it over to Piper with the caveat that you've got to come back to the family. And she's not really down with that deal. Um, meanwhile, Teray just hit up Tiles and her only instruction to him is fix it. Fix the situation. Because he's like, oh, I didn't know she was going to emancipate herself. Was like, she's like, I don't care. Just fix it. And he, meanwhile, blabs the whole plan because he's good for nothing, Tiles. He says, oh, th- I'm glad that Ned lent us that money. Thanks, Oswald. What a dickhead. Oh, my God. He's got to know that the Willises aren't cool with that. He, the reason why he's dating children, Vaya, do you know why he's <laughs> dating children? Because he is a child. Yeah. I don't, he, yeah. He's not actually mentally compass as an adult, really, is he? But at the end, Pipes returns the money. She goes, I don't need your handout. Tiles has got himself a job and we will find out soon where that job is. Sadly, it's not stripping. I'm just no, which is viable. It's a viable option he, he for him. Is. Just get his mechanic overalls out, smear a bit of grease on his peck and Bob's your uncle. He could walk down to any casting agency and say, hi, do you want to represent me? And they'll go, yes. Hey, oh, I want to be a model. Yeah, all right. Yeah, done. <laughs> Job done. Uh, so Dee and Willow are lamenting the fact that there's no money in the Bliss estate. And Willow gives Dee the option that we, the advice that most people on the street need, and that's get a job. Yeah. Mum, get a job. Uh, earn an honest living. Yeah. No, no, that's not an option. Apparently oh, now. But also, she wanted to just get out of town, didn't she? Was, oh, yeah, that, was true. that the stage? She's like, yeah. all right, let's just leave now because she's sensible, the, the daughter of a yeah. grifter. Yeah, so the grift's over. Let's go. There's nothing in it. Cut mm. our losses. We had a nice free stay in a dive motel. Let's go. So, but Dee thinks there's still more they can milk from this cow. Now, Dee has left and she's left her 12-year-old daughter alone in this motel well, room. Well, we, we know she's 15. But for like hours. She's yeah. done it before as well. Yeah. It's, it's alarm bells not ringing for Toadie that this child is being left alone for a long time. Yeah. And she can go to Carol's and order up their lunch and stuff on her mm. own. So he comes around with Susan Kennedy just to say hey and to give uh, Willow some advice on her schooling options because she wants to go to Fighter Pilot Training Academy. All right. Let's, let's draw a line here. Yeah. Dee is her primary caregiver yes. and has been her parent for all of her life. Yes. Toadie is just a blow-in at the moment. Yeah, she just met him last week. This this is not decisions for Toadie to, to be making. Let alone to be bringing over professionals yeah. to discuss her options Without with her. Dee there. No. This is, it's really manipulative. She's, and, only, and okay, Su- she's only 13. And she's Susan a child. Susan should know better. Oh, so, well, you, you all know where Susan is, um, <laughs> in my opinion. They start investigating scholarships at quote-unquote, Southeast Grammar, generically named. And she does the online test, like, just to see if she's eligible. And she scores a whopping 92%. Well, bear in mind, she's doing the third, the Year 7 entry-level test mm. and she's a Year 9 student. Yeah. So she blitzes the test, which actually isn't blitzing it. 
Okay. <laughs> you should I, be getting 100. So they did this test in a motel room. It wouldn't be sanctioned by the school. You know how Susan's like, oh, well, I'm a school principal, so I should be able to do it. All right, mate. Yep. I'll just get anyone to ring up a school and say, is it all right if I sit the test now? Because I've got my mate who's a school principal sitting beside me. Well, I don't think that's the official test, though. Because for the official test, you'd have to go to the venue and in the building and physically write a paper exam. We were just discussing this, but I did an entrance exam to get into my high school. And yeah, we had to go to the school and, and sit it. And you don't just do it online. So maybe it was like a guide test. Like, do you think your kid's got the chops to do this? What, from Dolly, was it? <laughs> How <laughs> smart are you? 72%. Uh, so uh, It's all right. You've got a great personality. <laughs> <laughs> so she wants to go to fighter pilot school. And now we were discussing this last week on Neighbours. This should be a public education yeah, yeah. Option. So she was saying it's the only school she can go to to be an Air Force cadet. Yes. And that was ringing alarm bells for me because I distinctly recall when I was at school, there was quite a few schools that had Air Force cadets, including the brother version of my school, which ah. the, the, I'll tell you what, it was always the massive nerds who were cadets. <laughs> it was, you'd look at them and you go, yeah, you look like you got a bit of a military kind of streak in you. So I looked up on Wikipedia Air Force Cadets Quadrants, which is, and there's a big list of the ones just in Victoria, which I'm just showing to you now. There's got to be at least wow. 20 or 30, yeah. yeah. Um, including, this is the, the one that really sticks out to me, there's one at Melbourne Girls College in Richmond, which is a public girls high school. Yeah, it's centrally located right well, near public it's transport. Actually, it's on the train line from Erinsborough as well, Richmond. Yeah. And there's a river there, she can do canoeing. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. yep. So, great option for Willow right there. That's it. She only has to go to a bloody public girls' school if she wants to be in a nerd club. Yeah, so all she has to do is find the money for the public transport fare and then you're good to go. So Ridiculous. Now Willow's got stars in her eyes because she wants to stay in Erinsborough where all these magical opportunities are going to fall in her lap. Now, this is where my care factor dropped a whole lot because we move over to the Robinsons. Amy and Paul, um, I can't make head or tail of why there was a lovely emotional scene between Tarage and Paul because Tarage is upset that her daughter's yes, taken that, off and wants to was, divorce her. I was speculating that maybe they'll get in a bit of afternoon delight at the Heronsboro. Yeah, I wouldn't mind swapping over to that storyline for a little bit of a bit of relief. <laughs> a bit of stump grinding. <laughs> now, something happens here at the dive motel with the pipes can you talk me talk to me about what the hell amy's playing at all right so to set the scene we're at the flame tree and all the flame trees will blind the weary driver and amy's doing a bit of landscaping during lunch i'm not 100 percent sure what's going on but all i know is that a bloody handy woman shouldn't be doing whatever she's doing she's yeah. not a plumber she's no. a chippy she build, used to build gazebos. She yeah. doesn't need to be tinkering with the pipes. And especially during lunchtime at a Michelin-starred chef restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that's so a busy time. She needs a labourer as well. So somehow she's asked some ne'er-do-well from Blaze Outreach to come and help her. Oh, his name's Ace. And how does her insurance cover that? Her insurance wouldn't cover some unregistered, untrained... I'm pretty sure she wouldn't have insurance. ...volunteer. No. So I mean, she's uh, she's untrained herself in plumbing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So oh, and Paul is not happy about having a young ne'er do well hanging around. No, no. And look, he's quite prejudiced for someone who has been in prison a few yeah, times true. himself. So 
Because he he's you know, he's seen the inside. He knows what it's like, and he doesn't trust his own kind. Yeah, to be messing with the flame trees plumbing. And so young scumbag has dug through a water main, which must have been buried very shallow to yeah. the surface. Plus, Amy left him alone. There's also that she's not even supervising this blowing. I just I I don't even understand how the water pipe actually blew right in the middle of the flame tree. And also it seems to be an, an only outdoor, only al fresco dining that's offered experience. It. Yeah, yeah. Hey, flame it's... tree. They don't have any inside tables, which in Melbourne is pretty risky. It's not a great oh, yeah. business model because we have rain all the time. And also that there's no kind of awning over the top because I have been, there's a really lovely restaurant in Northcote, which is that Scott Pickett's Estelle Bistro, which is 10 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. Good work. Um, yeah. In the courtyard of the shop front, out the back, um, it's completely covered with plastic awning. It's a beautiful experience outside there. It's it's like being in, inside a marquee, but it, it's quite posh inside. Anyway, that's how you do it. They don't have a gravel ground there. They actually have like proper paving and everything outside. And that's what the flame tree needs. It doesn't need to be like a bit of gravel spread on some no. moss. You could have all the Michelin stars in the world, but if if you're eating your ravioli outside with the rain coming down then yeah. and the gravel up your skirt. Then it's going to wash the truffle oil away. <laughs> It's not a great dining experience. So we learn that Leo paid this young chap to go and interfere with Amy's pipes. And that's where we pick up the next episode. The flame trees flooded. And Paul's bemoaning the fact that this is what happens when you let idiots do a job. Yeah. And that's why you hired your daughter, Paul. Yeah. He berates his daughter. Then he was also saying about how, oh, you know, people will be needing new accommodation and, you know, I better get on to Lassiter's. But what's a flooded restaurant got to do with the accommodation? Because surely all they have to do is patch the pipe and then they'll get water back on into the rooms, which he said pretty quickly they had anyway. And they can, they don't have to eat outside. They could send the food up to their rooms. Okay. You go to a motel and you, do you eat in their restaurant? No. I've only done that once up at the Mexican-themed motel in Albury, which, again, I will recommend. Yes, please. They've got a spa in the shape of a sombrero and you you actually sit within the brim of the sombrero. Oh, my God. Why is it four hours away? I'm so sad. I want to go there right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, you don't eat in-house unless it's Michelin star. You're like, I better give that a try. Or it's Mexican. Yeah. He wants to send all his business to Tarage's business, which is sweet. Yeah, because they ain't going to the backpackers, let's face it. No. I just don't get this whole storyline that there are actually three independent businesses that have completely different clientele. Yeah. The people, the, the backpackers is not drawing any crowd away from Lasseter's. You might get a bit of crossover from maybe the, the backpackers that have got a bit more money to spend. They might transition into the dive motel. Yeah. And the, the dive motel would be like, would get people who, if Lasseter's was full, yeah. they'd go, oh, well, this is the only other option. Better crash we'll go here. Yeah. Yeah. The Venn diagram has very minimal overlap. Yeah. And there's certainly none between the backpackers and Lasseter's. No. And one bone I have to pick with the Pirate Net Studios, which is where we broadcast from, which is what they've turned into this youth... The Rec rec Centre. Rec Centre. I don't think... They don't even call it Blaze anymore. No. It's just the Rec Centre. It's not Blazing Saddles. It's the Rec Centre. And all these diverse extras, right? Mm. There was like a black woman. There was like an Asian guy. Was that Drab's daughter from the wedding? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. She's come back are populating this church-run establishment. And I just have a lot of problems with neighbours filling its diversity quotas with non... I've spoken about it before, but I'm still it still bothers me every time I see it. You're, you're bothered that you were the, the Greek extra. Yes, they ticked a box without even trying with me. 
but I always see it. Whenever you see in the background now, there's all these all this diverse casting, but no one's allowed to speak and it shits yeah. me. What are all these people doing in the Catholic Church-run establishment? Are these people all Catholic as well? Are you just assuming? It's, but it's like Amy. Oh. They, they've, they've, once they've had a taste of Catholicism... <laughs> They have to get another one. It's it's like you it's know what the power was, of the hot priest. We were discussing this, like how weird that Amy's been kind of sucked into the to the Catholic folds. Like yes. particularly at this day and age where there's been a massive royal commission into the Catholic Church that's very unfavorable. Yes. And it's there's a lot of negativity around, like justifiably. It just seems super weird that Neighbours is running this pro Catholic church storyline. And the society that we live in in Melbourne, it's it's not a very religious religious, one, let alone all. Catholic I mean, we have, there are Catholic schools here. There obviously people go to people church who are culturally Catholic, but but, but they're not church. There's a whole mix such. of religions in our society, yeah. and there's a whole bunch of atheists, and it's there's a whole melting pot of it all that's not represented on neighbours. It's just with this weird glut of Catholicism. The, the thing to me that would makes more sense is that there's a lot of kind of new charismatic churches out there, like Hillsong, where, <laughs> where they get in a lot of young customers basically because it's. Um, a different approach to church where there's singing and music. Yeah, and there's a lot of like Australian Idol a, contestants. Yeah, turning it into, um, you know, a bit of a rock concert as yeah. well. And that's where I can see Amy going, hey, I'm kind of lonely. I don't have any friends, which really for all intents yeah. and purposes, she doesn't. And, you know, I'd like to go and meet more people yeah. in a family-friendly atmosphere. This looks groovy. Yeah, and I can actually see her kind of getting sucked into the whole Hillsong mm. thing. But not Father Father's boring old people church. No. Where he's, he's hanging out with the elderly. It doesn't it just doesn't compute. It makes no mm. sense. I have I would have much more respect. Like Rosie Hoyland's Oh yeah, yeah. She was she must she obviously wasn't Catholic since she was a female oh, yeah, true. minister. I, I always thought maybe she was a uniting church minister. Yeah. yeah. So I could very well see if they'd written in Boyd and Summer going into youth group or... Oh, yeah. Well, they, their nana was a That's minister. what I mean, yeah. yeah I yeah. can see if it's in the family and you can mm. see it, but I can't see Amy just randomly going, this is a fun new hobby, church. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I don't think she... Maybe this, it's just like some supervised time away from Jimmy, but then Jimmy disappears for lengthy periods yeah. of time. <laughs> yeah. So it's really bizarre and we'll get into momentarily as well where we're going to end up in the christening subplot. We find out as well that someone sicked the RSPCA onto the Tanak Packers for harbouring a... Yeah, and he blamed Paul straight off. And you know what? Blame me, mate. Yeah. Because I, if I'd seen it, I would have rung them. Yeah. It's disgusting. And, you know, he's like, oh, and I've got to build a new shelter for it. Well, guess what? That's why someone called the RSPCA yes. on you. You weren't treating that poor wombat correctly. Correct. Do what you meant to do, buddy. Yeah. So, okay. That was all dull. Now, let's segue into the canning situation. The cannings really perked me up by Thursday. I really needed something exciting to happen. And there were stunts aplenty around yeah, at the cannings. Yeah. Stunts left, right and centre. Zancan's trying to sneak off with Ben to have kissy, uh, kisses and cuddles. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. There's too, again, there's too many Romeo and Juliets happening. Yeah. They meet up with each other behind Sheila's Corolla and she car doors Ben while he's trying to hide. That was one of my favourite moments of the week, Sheila car dooring Ben. Can we remember that Ben went to a genius primary school? Because what happened to him? He is so thick, he nearly got run over by a slow-moving reversing car. Maybe it's the equivalent of, you know kids that maybe were amazing at ballet when they yeah. were really young and then they grow up and, and they, they grow puberty. out of it. Yeah. yeah, and maybe it's that for Ben. I just don't understand. It took Xanthi to say, you've got to get out of the way before he even thought to move. 
you would think once somebody started the ignition, he'd be like, all right, I'll skedaddle out of here. And then, then he actually went towards the Kennedys rather than just kind of going the other way where yeah. Sheila wouldn't have seen him. Then he could stand up and pretend he's just walking up the street. They don't teach spatial awareness at genius school. He's thick as a brick, man. <laughs> so then he tries to sneak into Xanthi's room. Meanwhile, Colette Nan's come round. Oh, and then there's a moment where Susan tips her tea accidentally onto Colette Nan's legs or feet or something. Oh, hashtag Team Sheila. Scolding tea. Oh, and Sheila's been getting creepy phone calls. Yes, A bit of heavy, heavy breathing. That's right. She's come around because she thinks Ben's been loitering yeah. and hanging around. And yeah. my, my question in this day and age, Vaya Pashos, yes. who has a home phone? Yeah, no one. Yeah. And in fact, Ben did – I did commend them giving Ben the line of, I don't even know the number, the Kenning's yeah. number. So, yeah, Ben wouldn't have even known that they had a landline to yeah. have been prank calling. But Gazcan is acting very shifty. Yes. And so Carl goes around to have a word because Ellie tips him off that the teenagers are hooking back up again. Yeah. So he goes round, but Gazcan suspects that he's whatever, shifty bloke of the week. Yeah. And clocks him on the scone with a garden gnome. Yeah, which was wonderful. Second favourite stunt of the week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, top-notch work here. At the very same time, on the other side of the, the canning shack, Sheila's coming up the sideway and she gets attacked from behind by Gazcan's Crim of the Week. Yeah, Crim of the Week. We pick up the last episode of the week, 10th of February. Carl's clocked on the scone, uh, which is Susan finds hilarious and is trying to contain yeah. herself. And Zancan and Ben deny that there's a romance that's started back up with them. Carl was angry at Ben. He's like, well, I was trying to find you. Where were you? Turns out he was in the dunny. So congratulations. That was well, great. More fibre needed, obviously. <laughs> um, Susan can't contain herself. So the it, the feud rolls on. You know what? You know what I love about this? Carl has suspected concussion. Susan is shining a light in his eyes to see where these pupils dilate. And even he won't go to Erinsborough Hospital. <laughs> He's like, I know this. No, nah, no, nah, won't go there. Probably end up with a lobotomy if I do. Can you talk me through Sheila's honey trap? Because I tapped out of this bad boy. Okay. Because so, Sheila, obviously Sheila got nabbed by this crim of the week. Yeah. And she's like, okay, so crim, she realizes that she knows crim of the week's dad. No, and the crim of the week is actually called Kev. Because I'm like, oh my God, is Toadie's dad big Kev, <laughs> the, the local kingpin at the moment? Did he take over after D'Amato? But no, no, no. It's a different Kev. Yeah. It's okay. So she said, don't worry about your debts, Gary, Francis Canning. I'm going to sort this out for you. And I was like, oh, shit, Sheila's going to pay this off in kind. Because <laughs> oh, he's got debts from this laptop racket, this stolen laptop racket. Yeah, that were in the boot of the car that got stolen, blah, blah, blah. I'm not entirely sure if Why didn't happened. he grab one of them for pipes? Yes. Well, where are they? That's my question. Yeah. Oh, they, they, they probably will turn up again when pipes gets her new laptop. Yeah, she'll get a knockoff. Yeah. So because Crim of the Week's... Dad always flirts with Sheila at the bar. She's one. Of, he's one of the regulars. And I reckon if there's anything less than an aphrodisiac, it would be a regular at the pub. You'd be like... Ooh, barfly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, he turns up looking 10 out of 10 for an older gent. Oh, yeah, he was suave. Yeah, and it turns out that he is Australian TV's Gil Tucker. He looks a bit like an older Craig McLaughlin now. Oh. But that's what he looked like back in the day. <gasps> that guy. It's that guy. Yes, sir. Okay, so when he was young, he had dark eyebrows and deep-set dark eyes. So he's on the 70s cop show? Um, for, cop on Cop Shop. Shop. 
Can you go back to his modern picture? He looks nothing like he did. It's the eyebrows. Wow. What happened? It's like he's had some laser surgery around his eyes. Not on his eyes, but around his eyes to like get rid of the dark circles. Kate's husband just um, has just observed that. Gil Tucker looks better now, and I'm inclined to he agree. Does. He's he's an, he's a he's distinguished gr- older gentleman. He's grown into his looks. Oh, by the way, so she tries to set this honey trap, and I don't understand it. Does it work? Does it work? Yeah, yeah. He blabbed like anything, because <laughs> they were. Oh, this this is where it got all weird and awkward. She so l- she looked. She, a million oh bucks. God, I think citizen of the week to Sheila's boobs. That was <laughs> a magnificent rack on display. Calling it early, but no, she, yeah, she looked gorgeous. So, so she brought him back into her, um, into her honey pot, so to speak. Mm. But Gazcan's waiting on the couch like an overprotective dad and saying, "Oh, just what are you two up to? Oh, I don't know, I'll make that cup of tea for you." And she's like, "Go to bed, Gary Canning." And he has the gold moment where he says to his mother. So Sheila said, "I'm just going to stroke his ego." And he said, oh, you'll be doing a lot more than stroking his ego. Gross, that's your mum. Don't say that stuff to your mum. So, yes, Neighbours 630 time spot just alluded to wang stroking. Gross. So, yeah, so she looks like she's about to seal the deal. And then Amy and Jimmy get home just to further cock block her. Which is quite odd because she should have known that her housemate and her housemate's son also live there. Why not go off to your boudoir, Sheila? And anyway, so then she says, oh, you know, my Gary's having a bit of trouble with your son, Kev. Then he's like, oh, it's terrible. You know, there's meant to be honour amongst thieves, but he's trying to rip off your Gary. So then the next scene is Gary confronting Kev about the stolen laptops. Anyway, they sorted their shit out. I just don't understand how we're supposed to feel sorry for Gary, who keeps breaking the law. He keeps doing crimes. Like, oh, but you know, as I can't I said, feel sorry for him. It's okay. He's a good bloke. Yeah, he's a good bloke. He's a good bloke who keeps criming all the yeah. time. I want to get to, speaking of good blokes, let's get over to the Brennans because our new favourite set's getting a run. So firstly, Brennan's uh, dull cop's cleaning the pool and Aaron down the mines joins him and both of them are wearing shirts. What's happened? I don't know what's going on, except they probably filmed it in December. Oh, sorry, in um, midwinter. It's like, get those shirts off. What is wrong with you people? It's summertime. It's the Brennans. I thought that was their uniform. So he's urging Dull Cop to go down to Tiles' new job to support him while he bartends. I mean, give um, the um, guy a couple of days. Where's he bartending there? Oh, he's bartending in our new favourite city location, Backlane Bar. Backlane Bar, all right. It's like, well done. I mean, great gig. Uh, Someone did ask online if he even had a responsible service of alcohol certificate. And I'd say no. No. He's the kind of guy who couldn't even get a working with children check, Mm, I'd say. Definitely. That's why he's got to work in an overage venue. He's working in a venue that his girlfriend can't even... Go to. Go to, yeah. But I I did see other online comments about, is there only one bar in Melbourne? And... Look, apparently in the neighbours' universe there is. Well, there's two now because they they stay at the waterhole for pre-drinks. Yeah. And then they head off into the city so, to so back they go, they go from the Burvale into the city. <laughs> and I guess I can understand. I mean, if you've got a favourite bar, like I always go to the same karaoke bar, but that's a very niche. Yeah. A very, very niche reason. Well, look, there, there are some bars which are more accessible to your daggier suburban types. Yeah. I'm putting myself in that. So. There was a while where a couple of my mates used to love going. There's this bar in the middle of a shopping centre in the city. The Melbourne Central Lion. What it's the in, hell? It's I've never the, heard of yeah, that. It's in the middle of Melbourne Central Shopping Centre and it's a pub. 
So you go into the shops and up the escalators and there's a pub. And I'm like, guys, can we not find – we're in the middle of Melbourne. There's bars inside holes yeah. in the wall. Can we not find yeah. something trendier? I'll tell you which one I actually quite like and I took my toddler there a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> nice. Um, Riverland. Oh, River, Riverland's lovely. Yeah, and that's quite accessible for your daggy suburban type. Oh, Brits, if you're coming in to do the Neighbours tour – when you don't hang around the backpackers like Vaya does. No, I ain't, no, I hang around a very fun backpackers with a nice bar. Na- Neighbours fan, go to this karaoke, karaoke bar because it's my. Oh, yeah, you, you, can, might be, you can hook up with Vaya. No, you can't hook up with Vaya, but you can. I'll do a duet with you if you like. We can do suddenly or um, I mean, we can't do suddenly. It's not a duet. We can do um, Jason and Kylie. Especially for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blue Moon Bar. That's not what we're recommending. We're recommending Riverland. Yeah, it's lovely. It's jump off the bus, the, yeah. jump off the neighbour's tour bus, head down to the river. Well, you know where Sonia and Mark hang out in the Yarra? It's, <laughs> it's not that side of the Yarra. It's the other, the other side, side of the Yarra and it's closer to the city. And yeah. it's it's right near Prince's Bridge, yeah. which they show in quite a lot of their little yeah. m- Melbourne And you go down some shots. steps and that's Riverland. It's a nice yeah. view of the city. And you can take a toddler there. So yeah. there you go. But you can message me about Blue Moon Bar. It's Thursday night's karaoke. Everyone's welcome. Now, what gets us to Backlane Bar? So they all want to rally around Tiles and support him. Like, it's his first day. At least wait till he's learnt the cocktail menu, which was – it's a valid advice because then yeah. Ellie rocks up and the first thing she orders is a mint julep. <laughs> like See, in- I'm, I'm not a big cocktail fan, but I'd be like, I'd order a real drink, love. Which is like a and I think I can sort that out for you. Or at least order a cocktail that's on our cocktail menu, not yeah, something from like – has a recipe on it. 1920s New Orleans. Yeah. The thing is, she is an alcoholic. We all know this. Yeah, she, she can put them away. She'd be asking for like a Long Island iced tea, surely. She'd yeah. be asking for something with the most alcohol in it possible. And then they probably got there at happy hour, like half price shots, away you go. Mm. She'd be asking for a cowboy, wouldn't she? Yes. That's that's her drink of choice. Definitely. And I'm not going to put the rest of that drink name in yeah. it, but we all know it. And she's yeah. your bloody prime consumer. Uh, so she doesn't invite Ned, but Loz encourages Ned. And she's like, come on, get down there, buy her a drink. I'm like, come on, Loz, what's become of this sizzling yes. sexual tension? Yeah. Um, so we end up with this bizarre love triangle of Ned, Ellie and Delcop all and having of, a drink. And of course, Delcop hates Ned because he's a crim. See, Delcop only likes crims if they're women and he yes. slept with them. What a double standard. Yeah. What an asshole. But this is where it got to probably my favourite Dalcop performance in quite some time. Mm. So he starts having a DNM with Ellie about, oh, she's single and she's going to empower herself. And See, I could see Dalcop and Ellie together. Oh, for sure. See, Ellie, Ellie's got enough issues that he can try and solve. Yeah, he can mother. Yeah. She, no, they're both conventionally good-looking people. She's a, she's fun-loving. They're both pretty basic too. Yeah. They're not complex people. No. Yeah, I support that pairing. And so they're flirting, but then Ned comes in and she starts flirting with him. Yeah. And then he gets on the terps and then snaps. Actually, let's hear a bit of Drunk Cop's Drunk Rant because it was one of my mm. highlights. One minute you're saying you're this changed woman who doesn't need men and then all of a sudden you're all over this guy. No, I'm not. Why don't you mind your own business? Ellie's my friend, okay? Ned. Don't you have a fiancé you need to be attending to? What's that oh, supposed to mean? Mike, you don't get to talk Mike, about my fiancé like that. Hey, 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 cut it Come on, it's time to leave. He is just the most piss-sweet drunk, though, isn't he? Like, seriously, he's... The other two are sober. I mean, this is where you see Ellie's alcohol tolerance is really yeah. comes to the surface here. She's she's 100% fine. And, and Ned's been around bikies, so yeah. he's primed. And... Like, I reckon Victoria would have had more to drink than yeah. Dull Cop. 
the other day. Finally, he'd gone like the vompesh. So he lashes out and then he roughs up Ned and like slams him up against the wall, which I'm not okay with. So Tyler then has to throw his brother out of his work on his first day on the job. And finally, let's round off just a kind of a lacklustre week with Paige and Tanaka One. Uh, He's being her beard for the baby daddy. This is very weird. Aaron down the mines is weirded out by the whole situation. He's like, I got a gay vibe from him. And Father Jack's like, well, if you got a gay vibe, I got a gay vibe Mm. in the form of confession. And now Father Father sticks his nose in and starts offering to do the christening for this 18-week-old baby. Again, this is where we need the record screech here because much like um, Toad and Suze didn't approach D about young Willow doing the exam, Father Father goes to approach Dr. Nacker about the christening rather than approaching Paige, who's the mum. Yeah. That's, who's his friend. No, that's inappropriate. And also it's far too early to be talking about christenings. And also it's the devil spawn. Yeah. So it's not welcome in the house of God. And <sighs> okay, so when your child gets christened, you have to promise to raise your child as a member of that faith, yeah. as an active member of that faith. It's not just a fun day. Paige decides she's warming to the idea because of tradition and it's a nice mm. ceremony. But no, this is forever, Paige. Are you going to think about this at all? Like you were protesting every one of the Catholic Church's values yeah. at every turn for the last year yeah. and suddenly you're like, oh, well, I'll just raise my I'm kid as not, one. Well, I'm not Catholic. But she's struck with guilt, Catholic guilt, because the, ba- the, the baby, baby daddy... Is Catholic. He's go- Ex- extreme a, Catholic. He's a priest. And she thinks this will connect the baby to its father. So far out. But was it her who said this? Oh, there's no reason for the baby not to be christened. Well, oh. aside from you not being religious nor Catholic, Paige. Just mainly those reasons. Yeah. Oh, it was disappointing. Disappointing. Actually, I did like your tweet where you said, yeah, the baby daddy is so Catholic he knocked up a lady in a manger. He's got it all out of order. Yeah, he was almost there. He just just got know, the details a bit wrong. Just the nativity's just got its ass on backwards. That's mm. all. Um, but the, what really amped me up at the end of the week is that the promo for next week is Toadie's taken D back to Werribee. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. They stood in exactly the same spot we stood when yes. we went there for Buzz Off. Buzz Off is our vlog, pipe up style vlog. Neighbours Pod on YouTube. We're the only ones you can see our. We do a full crime scene investigation of where Dee went over the edge. So. You can see where CJ and I pretended to be married, a la Toad yeah. and Dee. Yeah, and where Kate nearly drove us over the edge. That was fantastic. Um, good times. So we're going back there next week. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. But I just, I'm in limbo now. I don't know whether or not to draw up placards to take to the Nana Wadding Studios. <sighs> Look, if actually, we're, if we're, you've got some good slogans for us, like True Deliver, I think is our catch cry. Yeah. Disgrace, um, um, uh, deceit. We want a call to action from them. Yeah. We want like. Stop recycling storylines. No D without Toady or something. Yeah. There's no Toady. Stop recycling no storylines. T- there's no Toady without D. <laughs> First wife, best wife. <laughs> and also, if we have to do this protest, we'd love some more people to come along. Yeah, the Melbourne contingent's got to represent. And if you're thinking of like coming down to do the neighbours tour and you live in Queensland or something, we'll try and do it the same way. Yeah, we'll weekend. accommodate. Yeah. Just want to protest that not our, not my day, not, yeah. not, not on my watch. Kind of like the groundswell that occurred when Trump came in and they had the women's <laughs> march on yeah, Washington. I mean, this is People, just as important. Everybody had their own issue yeah. that was wrong, didn't they? Yep. Come one, come all. We did not sign up for Andrea. 
but also she could be deep. So we'll, we'll reserve judgment, but we really need to get our placards drafted just in case we have yeah. to protest at the 11th hour. Yeah. But she's here till April. We still have hope. We still have hope. I just, they just can't recycle the Brooke Canning storyline so soon afterwards. Can they? Can they? Well, which other imposters have we had? Let's do, actually, while we're thinking of it, let's do Citizen of the Week and Citizen of the Week. But you've already given Citizen of the Week to Sheila's rack. Magnificent rack. (laughs) Though I think, I hate to be negative two weeks in a row, Cindy fucking Watts for Citizen of the Week. (laughs) And no one even called her on the fact that she'd flown in for half a day because they invited her to dinner and then she goes, nah, I better catch my plane. Like she just flew in. She's flying fly out. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to be negative again because it was a negative week for me. So I'm giving Shitizen of the Week to Father Father, who's trying to christen fetuses now. Oh, Just man. cool your jets, buddy. Did you see that video of Drab being interviewed? This is the official Neighbours YouTube channel. I sure did. I took great delight in that it clip. It was awesome. So it was actually Dr. Nacker being interviewed around set and then he was talking to Drab. He was asking Drab for fatherly advice. Yeah, he goes, don't ask me for advice. I've got one kid who's 17 and living with a 25-year-old, one girl who doesn't know who's pregnant, doesn't know who the father is, and what was the third one? Oh, I can't remember, but I just like, okay, ding, ding, he's acknowledged. Oh, and How? and five kids with three different yeah, mothers. Yeah. I was like, wow, Drab is self-aware. Yeah, who okay. Knew? He's won another, yet another brownie point from me for that. Yeah. And also, he's finally confirmed how old Tyler is because that has yeah. always been a very grey area, but not, he has agreed that... So it's not canon because it wasn't on the show, but he has mentioned the age 25 off camera yeah. in an interview. So we'll take that as canon. Yeah. But yeah, I do like that Drab's self-aware that he's a shit dad. Yeah, it comforts me. Mm. Being aware is half the De- battle. Deadbeat Drab. Yeah, yeah. deadbeat Drab. Uh, and so, yeah, tweet us your... D slogans for our protest if she's not the real D. And all the questions that we have raised throughout this podcast. Yeah, just answer them all. Our inbox is open anytime. Support the Pirate Net Studios. Vote for us at castawayawards.com.au. Do not forget to vote for us, please. Yeah, because look, like it's we're at 20 votes now and it's We've pretty got, grim. Like, there, there are people who are worse off than us. There's, I saw a couple with zero votes, which made me think that even the, the hosts of the show didn't vote for themselves. <laughs> yeah. If you take away me, you and CJ and Penny, there's like 16 votes. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> Uh, come on. We don't ask much of you. But, you know, whatever you, what support you want to give us, rate us on iTunes, whatever it is you want to do. Buy a book we love it. Book Depository. Yep. We love reading your book titles. Get creative. Come on. Be a bit ruder maybe next time. I, though I'm very impressed with the, um, the German, the German Ital- and Italian. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, happy birthday, CJ. I'm Vaya. And I'm Kate. And I'm Vaya Pashos on Twitter or NeighborsPod. And I'm at Remude. R-E-M-U-E-D. And we'll speak to you every week. Until this D thing is resolved. Is, is it wrong for me to, for, to want the D storyline to wrap up a bit quicker? Not at all. Because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to need some. You're getting some D f- fatigue. I'm going to need a detox. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye.